Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Let's dive in. I am your host, Ryan Laudermilk. I've been at Microsoft for over 10 years. My most recent focus is OKR methodologies and software. Joining me today from Atruity, an OKR consultancy firm from our in our nation's capital, is the owner and CEO, Tim Meinhart. Tim, welcome aboard. Hey, Ryan, thanks for having me. This is terrific. I have had the chance to listen to a couple of your podcasts, and they're outstanding. Uh, it's gracious, and you're kind. Today, we're talking about common pitfalls. Yeah. Common pitfalls. So a, uh, a team, an organization, a company says, we're going to do OKRs. What are some common pitfalls? Let's just hop right into this. If, if, if I said common pitfall, the first thing that's top of mind that you're looking for is what? Well, I think... First off, I started to make a list here before before we started the program, and I got so long, I said, okay, fine, let me cut this down and get in some basic stuff. So, you know, maybe starting from the top, you know, I think one of the common pitfalls is, hey, we're going to do OKRs, but there's no real North Star for the organization. There's no real bigger picture for what, what it is that the organization is trying to accomplish. So I would tell you that, to me, is one of the most interesting pieces because without that general North Star – what is it that the organization's trying to accomplish? It makes, you know, doing objectives and key results ever more challenging. So I would start there. Um, if you wanted me to get to another one real quick, um, I would say the one that pops into my head when somebody says common pitfalls, first thing out of my mouth is they're tied to compensation, right? And, um, and so when mm-hmm. you look at an objectives and key results program, you know, some of the things that even John Doerr talks about in his book, you've heard him on many videos, is, you know, this ability to um, do your best, okay? How, how much, how, how is your best? How much is your best? Sometimes we talk about stretching and all the other things. And one of the things you mentioned in your podcast um, recently was, or maybe it was a discussion you and I had about, let's get it right first before we start stretching. But I think what happens is, they want to tie things to compensation. And I think that's just not a solid approach to objectives and key results. And I think there's a much better method than, uh, than tying compensation to it. Yeah, I want to talk about these two points that you just made. So let's, let's talk about North Star. Let's go back to North Star. And then I, want, I definitely want to talk about compensation. Yep. I think what you're saying there is, is that if you endeavor to do OKRs in order to earn the right, the permission to do OKRs, you need to have sat down and established your mission and your strategy, right? So the mission, what is the mission of this organization? I I remember having a conversation with one of our CVPs in this company and I sat him down and again, this is my boss's boss's boss. So imagine my plight, but, but it was, this was my, my job that, that morning for, for three hours was to to establish the mission and the strategy of which we say is the North Star, of which we say those are the the train rails mm-hmm. that the tra- the OKR train runs on. And I said, okay, so great. So what's the mission of the organization? And uh, he paused and he said, well, you know, I mean, it's not for me to entirely say I'd like to get my team together and, and understand. And, and so he wanted to get like 16 teams together in order to understand this mission. And it's like, and I, I had to stop him. And I'm like, no, no, I, I don't think you understand. Like, that's what you get paid for. 
<laughs> I, I mean, I said that. Now, of course, this might be career suicide, right? But it was like, if you don't know the mission, then, then not, you know, we're really in a bad situation. So I think you're, you're right. Like, if you don't have that North Star, the mission, obviously, by the way, the strategy are the three things that you do. The strategy are the three things that you know are important to achieve that mission. But to your point, without that mission, then you're sort of n- not knowing where you're going, Right. If you don't know where you want to go, any road will take you there. And so mm-hmm. I think having that little bit of pause, you know, we talk about sometimes, you know, you do want, and I think in sometimes in smaller organizations, you know, that ability to collaborate with senior level folks. Uh, when we when we set North Stars, one of the most fascinating conversations is what are the three most important things we'd like to get accomplished this year? And it, it opens up a can of worms that you get disagreements now um, or different perceptions of what's really, truly important. So think about a mission statement at first. That is truly complex. And then you look at your strategy and what is it that we really want to get done? Those are things that need to be agreed upon so that the organization can have that consensus that says, yes, this is where we want to go. And once once those are established, kind of those like I, I call them North Stars, um, the rest of it begins to become more in focus, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, that is good. I, I think perhaps some examples would be helpful for our listeners. So um, I've got this cheeky little um, OKR diagram that I use as I'm doing training. It's around Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, that typically tends to be a pretty um, ubiquitous understanding of the movie. Some folks have seen them. Um, and so what I like to joke is that the mission, so if you go at the very, very top, what is the mission to rule the galaxy, right? Um, to rule the galaxy, the strategy for this is to, to build a weapon that can blow up a planet, right? Um, basically their strategy is big weapons, big army, no Jedi. Right. That's the strategy, right? Um, and that's kind of what it looks like at a high level. And, and and again, I and to your point, these things can be shopped, right? To get your to get your senior leadership to say, hey, what is the mission? But in the end, the, the mission should be understood. Certainly if you're talking to the CVP, I mean, as soon as you ask that question, bam, that person should be like, you know, we're about uh empowering people and making them more productive, you know, or um, you know, the the mission should be obvious, right? Um, and then the strategy about how you go about that. Um, but that is the North Star. I think I've got an article on that uh, on the littleoknewsletter.com. If you go there, um, it talks about establishing a North Star. Just search North Star and, and it kind of outlines establishing that mission and that strategy. Yep, you know, right. And one other point that I think sometimes gets lost in conversation is we live in a society that always wants to drill down into the details. And when I talk about mission, it's Let's level up our conversation a little bit. Let's 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 think at a higher level. Um, we all have a tendency to want to get down in the weeds, and 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 when you're thinking about mission and north stars, it's about you know leveling up that thought process, leveling up that conversation that I think you know gives people that greater sense of really what is the purpose here, what's the mission, what is it that we really want to get done, and then how are we really going to look at uh, at accomplishing that. So, um, good stuff. Absolutely. Good. Yeah. So have a North Star. You, you got to have one before you outline your OKRs. That's a common common pitfall to not have. And, and the reason, last point on that, the North Star is so important is if you don't have one, then you've got, um, you have OKRs that you could easily lose your way. 
It's it's a, a train track, multiple train tracks now that you're like, I'm sorry, is this going to the same destination? One direction, not one way, but are we going in one direction? Let's talk about compensation. Sure. Um, I want to give you a, a, a couple. So I would say as an OKR coach, this is one of the areas that I perhaps may have gotten it wrong. And that is this idea that very early on, we wanted to tell our folks that OKRs are not tied to rewards. OKRs are not tied to rewards or compensation, like you said. Right. And that is true. That is true. In other words, how, how I like to say it, um, in Viva Goals, the OKR, OKR software that we use, in Viva Goals, if I take a key result and I use the slider and I slide the key result to 120%, right? <laughs> not only did we get to 100, but we got to 120%. There's not some automation routine, that kicks off in our rewards portal, which is like, oh, look, you got the KR to 120. That means you get 120% of your bonus. That is what we mean. I believe you and I mean when we say rewards are not tied, um, OKRs are not tied to compensation. But here's the one thing I wanted to sort of get your thoughts on. However, it would be a disservice to those you're leading to not indicate to them two things. Number one, OKRs by definition are what matter most. If we've done our job right, the OKRs are not a list of everything we do, but they are a list of what matters most. And if that's what matters most to the business, and I'm compensated on my impact to the business, it would behoove me not to look at the OKRs and say, I need to be really good in these areas so that when at the end of the year, I talk about the impact that I've made on the business, it would be the OKR menu that I've ordered off the entrees, right? Granted, you might have a couple of desserts that you've done off menu as you as you deliver your story at the end of the year. But it would be it would be ridiculous for you to think, for an individual to think, oh, when they go to assess my performance at the end of the year, they're not going to look at how I impacted the OKRs. Your thoughts on that? When we say OKRs are not tied to compensation, we don't mean they're completely disconnected, right? Well, you know, I think I think John Doerr says it says it best when he says, let's not let common sense, you know, uh, not be in play here. So there is a common sense element to this, Ryan. And I think and um, I'm actually having uh, a conversation about this on my podcast here upcoming. Uh, but what the best way I can say this is that through conversation with an individual about how they're going about accomplishing their particular key results. You know, I'm a big believer in servant leadership. So what am I doing to help? Okay someone who I'm having these conversations with, not only just in a group, you know, how are we doing collectively from a check-in perspective, but, you know, that one-on-one conversation that I'm having with this person about what it is that they're doing and how they're going about accomplishing their key results. And so I can get a better perspective on what it is that I can do as a servant leader to help empower them, number one. And number two, you know, what what are we missing? What did we not get right? What is there that I could I could help him or her along in in working towards these particular common sets of 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 roles and responsibilities and what we want to get accomplished? So that to me is where it's a it's a fine line of sorts, but you want to go at this in a positive manner. 
Okay, because what you don't want to do is discourage anybody from um, trying to do their best, Ryan. And sometimes it sounds so empirical, but I think really that's sometimes that missing element in OKR programs where, you know, gosh, I, I all we're doing is CYAing each other with another set of, you know, sets of nomenclature where it's an objective and a key result. It could be a goal and a how, you know, so. I want that motivation to always be there, but let's not forget common sense as well. If anybody says, look, my number's tied to this number, okay, then it's important, okay? And so we need to talk about it and work through it together. And that's where I think you don't have to necessarily tie it to compensation, although it's an implied understanding at times. What you want to let them know is, Look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna discredit you or tear you down if you want to get really aggressive with this and what in fact I can do throughout the organization, both horizontally and vertically, to help you accomplish what it is that you believe you can do for us um, and make an impact to the overall organization. So with all those words that I'm saying, it's just don't let common sense okay out of the picture. And make sure you're having those really positive conversations as a servant leader, okay, as someone that is involved with that person that um, is helping them try to accomplish what it is that they've chosen to take on. Yeah, it's, it's so good. I mean, and again, to your point, common sense. Are, is compensation, my rewards, my bonuses tied to my performance? The answer is emphatically yes. That, I mean, that, that has, has, that's what it's always been. Right. So we can obviously say that how I choose to perform, right? How I show up each and every day. This is what I love about OKRs. And we, and we've talked about this, uh, you know, in the podcast that I did on your show, right? Which yep. is this idea that as a leader, OKRs are the most loving and thoughtful things that you can do for your teams because what you're doing is spending the time sort of distilling down here are the things that matter most to the business. Here are some amazing opportunities for you to make impact. Now go and do it. And yeah. so I love what you're saying. Um, we coach a lot around here. I've got 17 teams that I'm coaching and I coach them for 15 minutes each week. And there's always a coaching tip that week. And most of this is soft skill stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and, and you've absolutely nailed it, which is like, if you're not meeting with your individuals at least once a week for 15 minutes going, how are you feeling? What's going on? How are you driving for impact on these key results? You're absolutely right that you're doing them a disservice. And that's what I love about OKRs is on these one-on-ones, as we again talk about compensation, performance, on these one-on-ones, OKRs give us a great platform to talk from. They, Let's talk they, about the OKRs. What are we doing? I mean, every I had someone say to me, uh, OKRs provide an agenda for every meeting. Thought that was novel, right? But they do, right? You know, it's the old, while, here's a great idea. Let's talk about what's most important, right? Yeah. That's, right. that's it. And I have to tell you, Ryan, your statement on my podcast about the most loving thing you can do for somebody, man, there's probably been six statements that have been said in 90 episodes for me. Yours is one of them. Because I thought, man, that is, that is really, really, that's really what it's all about. You know, I mean, getting the best, I mean, it's, I hate to say getting the best out of people, but, but allowing yourself as a leader to be able to be there for them and giving them the space to be their best. I think that's, that's the, that's the room that you need to give in objectives and key results is that room for them to succeed. 
I love it. I love it. All right, let's go on to another thing. Here's one for me. I thought we could talk about not having buy-in. Let's just fly past this one real quick, unless we not mention it, right? You really do need buy-in um, at the highest possible level that you can make it happen. So if that means you uh, stalking someone through a parking lot and maybe catching them in the lobby, uh, obviously do it safely. Um, do whatever you got to do. You know, crowd yourself into an elevator to get to the very ticket tippity top to say, hey, listen, I believe we can change uh, the, the way that we operate by using OKRs, get the, the highest level of buy-in that you can. That's essential. I think for me, not following the three to five principle. This is a principle that I hold my folks to. Um, and I, I just, I'm really big in threes. A lot of what I do is in threes. I, I feel like if you can't explain something in threes, you probably don't understand it. Uh, the most complex things in the universe can be explained in three. Um, and so really I tell my folks, you've got about three tokens at max five mm -hmm. to establish your key results. Now, again, not forgetting that you've got to establish an objective. What's the goal for the next 12 weeks? And then what are the measurable, necessary and sufficient key results that lead to that objective? But I'm constantly telling my folks like three to five quick story, just give folks an example. I had an opportunity to review um one of our partners and they're they're doing a fantastic job with Viva Goals. They've got their entire organization in there. But one of the things I quickly noticed, I said, hey, could you bring up your tenant and can I just kind of take a uh, take a glance? And they were happy to do so. And one of the things I noticed was just, yeah, that three to five principle wasn't there. Right. If you don't limit yourself and and do some of the hard thinking that you need to do to limit yourself to three to five it can spider quickly. And I've seen this um, even internally uh, where some of our organizations are learning and that's okay. They're on that growth. They're using that growth mindset. You really do have to limit yourself. Otherwise, it just ends up, I mean, you only have 12 weeks. What's realistic that you're going to actually accomplish in 12 weeks? Like, right. you know so what I mean? It's more better, right? You know, everybody looks and goes, hey, I got more. So therefore it's better. No, it's, it's actually not. Um, and I, I have to tell you, I, I'm a huge advocate of, the, of, of threes myself. And, um, and so, you know, back to that point about buy-in, you know, I think that, um, and I could not agree with you more, that if you don't have buy-in at the highest level, there's, 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 there's going to be a disruption in the program at some point, okay? And so getting that buy-in from the highest level is critical. But, you know, there's also this buy-in of sorts from the people using the program too. And, you know, I've encountered this and it's to have a naysayer or someone that's kind of going through the motions. Um, look, it's human nature. They, everyone will say, well, I've got a lot on my mind. I'm already doing a lot. I'm very successful. I don't need this program. Please don't involve me in this, blah, blah, blah. So my, my response has always been is what's missing for you. Okay, so what something's missing here, and I need to better understand that because if you start looking at this as it aligns itself throughout an organization, if there's a fail point and the closer it is to the top, from that point forth, everything going underneath and around them is not going to go well or not going to go the way it could go if they were more bought into the program. So just to, for anyone that's running a program, I would encourage you through open sets of communication, to be honest and ask for that honesty 
and say, look, something's missing here. We need to we need to talk offline. I need to better understand what's not taking place. I had a one of my first engagements. I had a very senior leader that just and he just won. You know, every and every time I I tried everything, I tried sitting with him and saying, can we talk? Finally, one day he said, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me unless we would do it like that. And I said, all right, why don't why don't we try it like that? And we did, and he became a big advocate for the program, and it was something very small. So, you know, when I talk about, and we, this is this sometimes it's about the disciplines, Ryan. You know, like the things that we're doing consistently with people. You know, it's a swim lane, okay? And so, as long as you stay in the swim lane, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of room in the swim lane. You know, I use the analogy of the old um, Johnny Depp movie, Pirates of the Caribbean, okay? When the two are arguing and the one guy says, you know, it's that's pirates rule. And he goes, that's eh, more like a more like a guideline. So great line. What great I like people to do is look, there's guidelines here. If something's not working for somebody, let's find out what's going on. OK, if that meeting every week is killing them. OK, look, let's try every other. Let's try a couple of things because it needs you may come. They may come back and say, gosh, I, now I see the value of what we were doing before. Or you might even find out I'm getting twice the value by doing it half as much. And you really don't know, Ryan, until you get into it for a while with people. But um, that would be my final thing on buying is don't don't be afraid to really talk it out a little bit. Because I think talking it out, you'll discover what's missing, number one, and what needs to be able to get in a more positive direction for that individual to get on the program. Because you know, and I know that when someone's mailing it in, they're mailing it in. You can see it, feel it, and hear it. Yeah, it's tough. You know, <clears throat> on this topic of buy-in, one of the things I try to encourage folks with is, is you know, try to come from a position of the March of Dimes, right? Like, no, there's nobody on the planet that hates the March of Dimes. Like, they're just trying to do good things, right? And in the end, one of the... <laughs> and I was a bit cheeky with this, um, with our CVP was, was I said, Hey, listen, we can say no to OKRs. Like, like that's a total viable option, right? In fact, I wrote an article on this. If you go and search on the little OKR newsletter.com, you'll say, uh, saying no to OKRs. That's the title saying no. Um, which is sort of a cheeky title. If you're running an OKR newsletter, like <laughs> why would someone say no? But here's the thing. Listen, we, we can say no because this is what it means to say no to OKRs that we don't want to write down our goals. We don't want to write down how we're going to achieve them. And we don't want to keep ourselves accountable by tracking our progress. Right. And that's totally not, fine. And let's not do what's most important either. You know what? Yeah. Right. Like that's totally fine. Like if you're okay if you are running a company today and you're listening to this podcast or you're a coach, that's what it means to say no. And it, and it turns out that the literature shows us, and there's been numerous studies, that those people who perform at the highest level, right, um, despite working out every morning, apparently that's a, a trend, right? <laughs> Just, let's put that one aside. Nobody's, nobody's listening to the pod for this, for that. But, but they write down their goals. They have someone holding them accountable and they're tracking their progress. Yeah, It literally is that easy. People who do this, uh, Justin Thomas, who is a professional golfer, um, each year actually shares his written goals on his Instagram. He says, here were my goals. And then at the end of each year, he actually shares it again and says, 
Here are my goals. Here are the ones I reached. Here are the ones I didn't, right? This is what the evidence shows us. And so, you know, I, I, I was being cheeky when I said it, right? Saying, hey, that's fine. Like, if we don't want to write down our goals, how we're going to achieve them, track our progress and be held accountable, that's totally fine. Nobody's going to say no to that. Nobody's going to say no to the March of Dimes. And so to get in buy-in, you really do kind of need to pitch it that way. This is what I'm pitching. It's as simple as writing down our goals, how we're going to achieve them, and then tracking our progress. That's it. And I think that can help you sometimes get buy-in. Very well said. Um, And I love the March of Dimes. I'm going to use that. So I stole that from you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go on. Uh, Do do you have a next point? I've got one as well. You know, I think that, um, you know, one of the common pitfalls, and this happens to everybody, is I am so busy that do we really have to do this now? Like, you know, there's a, there's a level of discipline in doing this that, um, that, you know, imagine this, let's get three weeks into the next quarter and then decide what we're going to do that quarter. Like, no, that doesn't work. So I think, you know, doing things in a timely manner and respecting a little bit of the time disciplines that are, that are there for an organization are critical. And it's a common pitfall. Everyone gets busy. Okay. Everybody, especially at the end of the year, you know, I mean, gosh, I've got so many things that we're trying to do, but you really need to revere the fact that you're going to wake up and it's the next quarter. And if you haven't decided what's most important and given yourself that amount of time, now you're even shorter when it comes to to accomplishing what it is that you can get done. So to me, that's a that's a very common pitfall. And you know, you can tie a lot of stuff around that, Ryan. And I've, I've walked into organizations where they tie their OKRs to, they call it the QBR, right? Okay, so you are on the same time. So you lose that consistency of timing, common pitfall. Yeah, I, I like to say that we try to keep the OKR tax in our organization to the to the lowest possible that we can, right? I want uh, I minimum effective dosage for us, right? So, for instance, for us to um, wrap up a twelve week cycle and begin another twelve week cycle, it takes us less than five business days. Yeah. Now, some people listening to this, and again, go and tell your leadership. Like, if you're trying to get buy in, ask them how long. It takes them to wrap up a quarter and plan for the next. And I guarantee you, it's weeks. It's not measured in days. And quite frankly, we could probably measure it in hours. And for us, oh my goodness, let me think. I think it's probably 25 hours less that we reflect on the prior and reset for the next. Um, And that's turning and burning. Right. Um, we are, and then we have disclosure week, the very first week of that next quarter. That first week is when we disclose the OKRs and boom, we're back off to the races again. Um, and so that's really on us as coaches, right? To make sure that there aren't a bunch of needless meetings. If you want an example, let me give you an example of our rhythm of business. Our rhythm of business is pretty straightforward. If you want to take it at the beginning of the cycle, um, we have a three hour workshop. Um, which we've gotten down to two hours now for our leadership team. That's about four individuals. 
And then they have um, about 24 hours to finish writing those OKRs in a Word document. And then those are sent off now to the next level of leadership where we've got about 17 teams. They receive those usually the night before their workshop. And that workshop is three hours. So right now we're about five hours in. At the end of that workshop, they are already 75% done with their OKR set. They get 24 hours to sleep on it and it's then turned in and then I lock it into the tool. So for us to reflect, and then again, I I forgot, um, at the end of a cycle, we would have um, a reset, a reset for us, um, they're due, and then each team um, gets to perform their reset and share their leadership truths, et cetera. Those meetings are three hours and we have two of them, one at the individual um, uh, sort of team group. We have those 17 teams are in two different groups. So the group meets together and, and then, um, and then you get, um, the entire groups together. So those two groups, that's what we call our XLT, our extended LT, and they meet. So that's, uh, six hours to reset. So six hours to, re- uh, to reflect rather, and then six hours to reset. So I guess, yeah, I guess we're there in around 12 or, 15 hours. That's how quick. That's how. Now, the weekly tax, as I finish up this rhythm of business, it's 15 minutes. Each of those 17 teams meets for 15 minutes. They go through Viva Goals. They skip the greens because nobody's going to listen. Nobody cares. Um, and they skip the yellows. They only stop at the reds where they're at risk. So you can kind of get an idea here. I mean, this is not a huge tax, as you're kind of pointing out, Tim, and well, it really needs to be minimum effective dosage. So I, and I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Once you have an established pattern of how you want to do this, reflect, reset in a timely manner, um, I think that uh, it, it, it certainly helps solve a lot of things that, um, that can happen if not done. Let's put it that yep. way. Yep. Let's lap, let's uh, wrap up on one more. I'll give it to us. The um, my big one for me is, and this is again a little further in the implementation, but not leveraging the four OKR superpowers. So mm-hmm. the four OKR superpowers are focus, alignment, tracking, and stretching. Now I believe, and it's been the way that I've coached my team, that these actually happen in a linear order. In other words, the very first thing that I like to teach my teams is first, what is focus? And I will tell them focus for us is 12 weeks. And what does it mean to stay in the present, right? And what does it mean to, to focus week in and week out and have that discipline and rigor to have radical focus, as the book calls out, or just intense focus for 12 weeks and to galvanize a team to that level of focus. Next up is alignment, right? Are you aligned with the things that matter most? It doesn't help if you've gone off the reservation and you're doing a bunch of work that isn't, that isn't helpful. Um, and then tracking, are you tracking your progress? We have weekly check-ins. Again, as I spent 15 minutes, where are we at? Do we have a plan? Are we moving forward? Are we making progress? And then finally, stretching. What does it mean, right, to shoot for Mars in 12 weeks, right, and really go for it? And, and I'll tell you, we are now in the embryonic stages of learning that. That's going to take us a while. It took us a while to learn tracking. It took us two cycles to really believe that it's meaningful and important to meet on a weekly basis for 15 minutes and talk about the OKRs. But stretching, the opportunity that leaders have, and you you alluded to this at the very beginning of the pod, was this idea that 
getting the best out of your folks, helping them realize their strengths and their weaknesses, right? And being a great coach and saying, hey, you can do this. We can do this. Let's do it together. Um, helping people to stretch. I think if you don't leverage those four superpowers and you don't get good at those four fundamentals, then I don't know that you can do OKRs well. In the end, you'll be doing OKRs. And that's novel and that's neat, but I think really the goal needs to be doing OKRs well, and I think the four superpowers give you the, give you the framework to do that. Well, Ryan, that was wonderfully said, and I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and I think that, you know, sometimes the missing component to everything that I see sometimes in programs is, I almost call it a column zombie programs, where people are going through the motions, okay? And, you know, what you express, which I, I love, and it's it's kind of myself as well. Like I'm passionate about things, okay? And this is a passionate event. And so getting that focus, being passionate about that, getting that alignment and being passionate about that, and then, you know, tracking it consistently, knowing that you're, you're, you're helping yourself as well as everybody else around you, and then that ability to stretch and stay motivated. And I think throughout this podcast, you know, the first thing I, I believe we talked about was, this tying to compensation. Well, it's keeping people motivated. Don't don't use it as a stick. Use it as a carrot. Use it as a motivator. And I think, um, you know, everything that I've heard from you, <clears throat> Ryan, is you're that way. And I think that's kudos to you and kudos for the people that you're that you're involved with. Because when you're passionate about objectives and key results, I do believe amazing things can happen. And if not, even if you get it half right, okay, it's better than we were before. But I think you're missing, you know, you're missing the true benefit of what OKRs really do, which is really give you that exceptional motivation to be your best. And what 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 does that look like? No one really knows until they go at it. And um, they'll be amazed sometimes at how far they get. So, oh, gosh, that was so well said. That is a great final word. Right. That's. I don't. I think often people think of the OKR framework as some sort of like cascading framework that just organizes a bunch of people, and we're all a bunch of robots. And it's like it, that's so antithetical. Yes. OKRs, to your point, have the power to empower people to do the best work of their lives, yeah. right? To perform better than they ever have, and that's as a leader. And if you're listening to this pod, most of you are leaders, like. That's I think that's what gets us coaches out of bed, which is like having that person have that aha moment, which was like, I never thought we could do this. I never thought our team could gel this well and, and work this well. And it's like, yes, this is possible. And OKRs provide the foundation for that to happen. Absolutely. Well, um, Ryan, thank you for having me today. This was this was a true treat uh, ah. to say that. This won't be the last time you're here, sir. If people want to find you where can they go you have a podcast you have a company where plug that please sure so uh my podcast is okrs okrs q a podcast on all major channels um you can find me at tim at atruity one a-t-r-u-i-t-y and the number one dot com and for the microsoft folks you know i am actually an approved consultant with your organization and um and so if i can be of help um, please uh, reach out to me. But uh, that's the best way to find me. You can also go to atruity1.com, our website, look at all our different resources we have out there. And um, and I think that's a, a nice way to stay in contact with us as well. So, uh, Ryan, thank you so much for doing this with me today. This was really great. I really loved it. 
The pleasure was all mine. Uh, thank you, listener, for listening. There's a lot of ways that you could spend your time each and every day, and we appreciate you spending a little bit of it with us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.